RadioInfluence.com. Welcome back to the Lawfather Podcast. As always, we are here in Lawfather Studios, right within Lawfather Headquarters, as my good friend DJ Eakin calls it, LFS. So, ready to start the show today. Make sure you check out everybody that is on Radio Influence. Check out all their podcasts. And check us out on all of our social media. Those of you who follow TikTok, we do this this show live every Monday, 3 o'clock, right here on TikTok Live. So, those of you on TikTok Live, welcome. Those of you who want to see the LFS, just check us out on YouTube. We do uh, put it up on there as well. So earlier today, and uh, I don't think that show drops uh, until a little bit later this week, uh, tomorrow, I'm being told, Tuesday, that is, uh, the DJ Eakin podcast will drop. And uh, I was a guest on there today, and we were talking about uh, the RICO Act and how it applies to uh, what's going on in the hip-hop game right now. So I thought this was really kind of a good opportunity for me and my show in terms of, uh, you know, a show that's really rooted more in legal than essentially pop culture, okay, to take a little bit of a deeper dive uh, into what RICO is and and look at some of the, we'll call it more famous cases with RICO. And and I think, you know, one of the things that we typically see with it is the thought and the notion that, hey, this was to prevent mobsters. Um, And, uh, you know, I, I think when we think of that, we usually generally think of um, the Italian mobsters, and uh, you know that's fine. They're the mafia, I, I should say, um, probably the better way to put it. But you know, let's look at what RICO is. And, and I know, look, the federal government over time has always tried to change things around to fix a problem, right? Um, it, look at it like this, for example. Robbery used to be a state charge. Now robbery is a federal uh, robbery of a bank. Excuse me. If you rob a bank, it used to be just a state charge, meaning that the federal government couldn't prosecute you for robbing a bank. However, um, back in the day, uh, Bonnie and Clyde days, so think way back when, uh, there were nuances and challenges, right? Whenever you had a bank robbery, because they didn't have the technology that we have today, right? We kind of take for granted. We have a cell phone. And it doesn't matter where you are. You don't even have to be in the same country as me. I can call you from my phone that doesn't have any wires to it, call you on your phone that doesn't have any wires to it, right? And, you know, back in the Bonnie and Clyde days, it just didn't exist, right? So they changed the, the, the statute or they added a federal statute to make bank robbery a federal crime, right? Because the feds had more of an ability to cross state lines, have better communication across state lines and things of that nature, Right. And I tell you that to tell you Rico is essentially the same things. Now, what is Rico? Right. Rico is, you know, not the guy down the street. Okay, well, his name could be Rico, but Rico stands for racketeering inspired and corrupt organizations. That is what Rico stands for. Um, And probably should have mentioned that on um, on Eakin's show. We probably actually should have specified what RICO actually stands for, but um, we're going to do it here, okay? Racketeering-inspired corrupt organizations. And we're going to look at it on the federal side, right? You could actually have state-run uh, state RICO charges, okay? So you have federal statutes, you have state statutes, and RICO can be criminal or it can be civil. The elements are really very similar 
right? Uh, essentially, it, it has to fall. It, they, it falls into both, okay? A lot of times when you have a criminal RICO piece, it's affecting a business, and it therefore affects somebody's ability to make money, and you therefore have a civil case, okay? The key difference, right, is, or not the key difference, but one of the key things with running a civil case for it is you can ask for what's called trouble damages, which means triple the amount of damages. So if you lost, say, $15,000 as a result of somebody being involved in, um, in a RICO, RICO uh, organization, your 15000 would become 45000 That's what that means, okay? So let's look at what is, what is RICO? Okay, and what must be proven? Now, here's here's it from a high level. Okay, there has to be it has to be that an enterprise existed, that that enterprise affected interstate commerce. That right there, that number two is what makes it federal. That it affected interstate commerce. That the defendant was associated with or employed by the enterprise. That the defendant engaged in a pattern of racketeering activity and that the defendant conducted or participated in the conduct of the enterprise through that pattern of racketeering activity through the commission of at least two acts of racketeering activity. Okay, what does all of that mean, right? It bra- it, a lot of words to break down into something that is relatively reasonably easy to digest, okay? And look, even though the federal government, when they drafted this, Congress said this was not meant to take down the mafia, okay? And, and maybe it wasn't. Maybe they truly meant that, okay? Um, but the mafia was essentially a gang, right? And, and if we just look at it from its structure, okay? So a gang and the mafia have very, very similar structures in a way, okay? Now, what they said was, what Congress said was that this statute was meant to encompass everybody. It doesn't, and they actually said it doesn't mean to just include those who have a vowel who ends in their last name, uh, which actually, there may be some validity to that because the very first, uh, very first RICO trial was against the Hells Angels. It wasn't successful, but it was the first one. So um, that is where that actually started. But the breakdown of what I had just read to you, here's what it really means, right? And this is why it works so well for gangs or large groups or the mafia or anything like that, is you don't have to actually catch that top person actually committing a crime, right? Because, look, if you're on top and you're the one calling the shots, are you going to be the one out there on the corner selling drugs? Are you going to be the one out there with a baseball bat breaking kneecaps, okay? Now look, do those things actually happen in real life? Maybe, maybe not, right? Maybe it's good for TV, but you know, it's uh, just think of it from that perspective. And then you say, well, how do we get to that top person? And how do we go and how do we say, well, how do we punish you, person on top, right? Person who's the go-between, right? Who carries that information? How do we punish you? Is just going to jail a big enough threat? Or, or what if we could take all of your assets? What if we could take everything that you got because of that corrupt organization that you run? Would that be more painful? Well, 
All you have to do is watch. I mean, we are in 2022 right now. And if you want to know if having your stuff taken away from you is a painful thing, just look at Russia. Okay? And I, and I don't say that to make light of the situation, but those of you who are wondering how big of a deal taking away someone's possessions are versus going to jail, the entirety of the sanctions against Russia has been to take away things, right? Think about it. You have these oligarchs, and I still probably should look up what an oligarch is, right? Um, but, hey, they had their stuff taken away, right, by several countries. Several countries said, we're seizing your assets. Those multi-million dollar yachts you have, yeah, they're ours, not yours. Those planes you have, ours, right? So think about it. I bet you, I don't know this because I don't know any oligarchs, but... I bet you if you gave any one of them the opportunity to go to jail for a year or have all of their assets taken away, I almost bet you half of them would go to jail and keep their assets. Me personally, <laughs> take my assets. I am not going to jail. That is not, I'm, I have a face that is not good for jail. That is one thing I know. I think that, I think some teacher used that, Jason. Uh, I'm not sure it worked, but back when, uh, you know, this, Kind of spat of uh, teachers who were, um, you know, hooking up with students. I think I think there was a teacher who used that. I think she still went to jail. I th Matter of fact, I think she's from Florida. I think it's a local case. Anyway, uh, we digress. So, what can constitute the crime? So you have this you have this RICO statute, right? And you have this thing that you have this enterprise, and was it a corrupt enterprise? And you know what crimes, right? Is it is it from, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a crime that doesn't fall under because so many crimes do. Uh, you know, is it from tax evasion? Yeah, no, no. Tax evasion is not on the list, okay? So you yourself, you know, you don't pay the uh, the federal government your taxes. They come after you. It's not, a re it can't fall under RICO. It's what's called a predicate offense, meaning that you have to commit one of these. You actually have to commit two of these, right? And they have to be related to each other. So, for example, you can't have somebody in your group go murder somebody and that murder be completely unrelated to the drug dealing that Johnny's doing over here, okay? It, it has to be, there has to be some relation to it, right? Now, how are you going to tie that murder to the drug dealing? Uh, you know, maybe the person who was murdered was the supplier to Johnny, um, but that person uh, cut cut the Coke a little bit too much, right? And now they're going after the supplier. I don't know. But six years in law enforcement, I probably know way too much about um, how the drug game works than I should. But anyway, um, that said, there, there's several different crimes that fall into it. So gambling, murder, kidnapping, arson, right? We're, we've really hit, Jason, a lot of the ones that hit the mafia, right? Gambling, murder, extortion, arson, um, you know, Italian lightning. I don't know if you ever heard that that term before, but magically when buildings uh, catch on fire because of quote-unquote lightning. Um, anyway, I guess that was self-explanatory. Bribery, uh, dealing in obscene matter, so I would think uh, pornography, and dealing in a controlled substance. That just means drug dealing, okay, illegal drug dealing. Uh, bribery, counterfeiting, embezzlement, fraud, um, obstruction of justice. Slavery actually can uh, is a predicate to... Uh, Rico, uh, racketeering, gambling, money laundering, uh, commission of murder for hire. Okay, we're right back to the mafia. But anyway, 
those things are what you have to commit to fall into this. And, and, and I, I make the joke that it's all mafia related. And, you know, those of you who know me know that my whole family's from Sicily. So, um, I say it with a little bit of a grain of salt, because if we look, that's no different than the motorcycle gangs. Like I could take the outlaws, the hell's angels. Like I said, the hell's angels were the first ones prosecuted under the Rico statute falls into those same things. I, Hey, if I, uh, you know, murder for hire, I think, you know, motorcycle gang falls right in the list of things that I would think about. All right. So that is what the Rico statute is. Now, what we talked about on the DJ Eakin show, and please go check out that podcast. He does a great job. Um, go check out all of his podcasts. Uh, but anyway, we talked about how Rico is being used now for a lot of the, the rappers today. Right. And not a discussion I want to get into now because I don't want to take away from that. But go listen to that. What I want to look at kind of quickly is some of the interesting ones. There are actually some interesting Rico cases, things that you wouldn't think of, right? So let's look at this. Those of you who follow baseball, there used to be a baseball team called the Montreal Expos. They were, well, you guessed it, in Montreal. If you guessed Montreal, give yourself a pat on the back because you were right. Now, there was a deal between the owner of the Montreal Expos at the time, Jeffrey Loria, and Major League Baseball to, in some way, shape, or form, Loria sold part of his interest to the other Major League Baseball clubs, and somehow it got shuffled back to him. And then the value based on that of the club was reduced by hundreds of millions of dollars, and then he was able to move the team from Montreal to Washington. They are now the Washington Nationals. Okay, so those of you who watch baseball who go, where did the Washington Nationals come from? They used to be the Montreal Expos. There was a civil RICO case brought against Major League Baseball by some of the minority partners of the Montreal Expos saying that Jeffrey Loria and Bud Selig, who was the Major League Baseball commissioner at the time, colluded, got together to purposely devalue the value of the Montreal Expos. Now... I don't know if you realize this or ever watched the Montreal Expos, but the Montreal Expos had all-star after all-star after all-star after all-star on their team. The only problem with Montreal Expos, none of these guys ever played together because they would get rid of them. Kind of like the Rays, but before all of the uh, analytics came into play, right, and made the Rays actually able to get rid of big-name stars and still be successful, okay? Um, coincidentally... There was talk of us moving the Rays to Montreal for half a season. So I guess we've come full circle on that idea. But um, so that was that. They ended up in arbitration and Major League Baseball won. Okay. It was found that there was no collusion and that there was no, no wrong, no improprieties by Loria and Major League Baseball. Okay. Now, you know, we, we bring up kind of a, a point here, right, when we're talking about Rico and, and why not, you know, there's a, um, why not have a fall under collusion, right, that two people colluded to commit a crime? Well, you have to actually talk about it and know about it for that to exist, right? Where in Rico, you don't really have to know that the crime is being committed, right? So if someone goes out, if I'm, if I'm running at the top, let's just say, let's bring our next example into play. I'm John Gotti with the Gambino crime family. 
Okay. And I have all these capos under me and soldiers under them. And I got, you know, these soldiers out there and I don't know who these soldiers are because look, I'm John Gotti. Okay. And number one, I'm too good for them. Right. And look at my dapper suit, dapper Don. Okay. Then the Teflon Don. Um, but anyway, um, you know, if, if I am the leader of one of the five major crime families, do I know the soldiers? Probably not. Do I want to know the soldiers? No, probably not because I want to keep my distance, right? I don't want them to know me. I don't want to know them. Okay. Now they're off doing their thing. Well, guess what? I'm benefiting from it. I am making money from that, right? Me as in pretending that I am John Gotti, just for show purposes, not for real life. Okay. Let's not get this confused. I know TikTok likes to put in crazy comments on there sometimes of things like that. But anyway, um, I'm making money from it, right? Well, here's the deal. I don't have to know what those guys are doing. I don't have to know the robberies that those guys are committing, right? I don't have to know the drugs that those guys are selling, right? It just has to happen a couple of times. And those couple of times are related back to my organization. I then am eligible to be charged under RICO, okay? Unlike us colluding to commit a crime because, well, I don't know them. We never had a discussion about it, okay? Which brings us to the John Gotti and the Gambino crime family. They were convicted 1992 under the RICO Act, okay? Um, One of the things with RICO is their goal is to try to get you to plea out because they're taking your assets, right? They want to put so much pressure on you right? That you don't want to go to prison for a long time and you don't want to lose your money and your assets. Okay. So that is one of the main points of that. Fun fact in the Gambino side of it, I am in Tampa. The show is done in Tampa. All right. It, it was, uh, there were in 2006, four members of the Gambino family were also convicted uh, here in Tampa under the RICO statute. Lucchese crime family. Oh man, Jason, we are, we're just, the list goes on and on of the mafia guys for a statue that wasn't designed for the, we promised it. We didn't design it for the mafia. Okay. Uh, now look, and I think some of the thing is, you know, going on right now that there's a thought that, well, this law was made to go after the guys in hip hop. Well, no, it's been around for a long time. Um, I don't know. Was it designed to go after the mob? Maybe, maybe not, you know? Maybe if we could get some of the guys who actually made this state, the, the federal statute, maybe they could weigh in on that. Although I don't think we'll ever get a straight answer, nor do I ever think they'll come on the show. Other than that, I think we'll get good answers on that. But uh, in the mid nineties, the Lucchese crime family uh, was prosecuted under the RICO statute. One of their extortion pieces that became part of this was uh, the hauling of garbage from the World Trade Center uh, cost the building owners $1.2 million per year to be removed uh, when the mafia monopolized the business. Uh, If you look at uh, previous to that, okay, so we're not talking about numbers that are close. (laughs) This is, Jason, this is quite good. When the mafia got involved, the Lucchese family wanted $1.2 million per year to haul trash away, okay? And, and those of you who may be a little bit young to realize that there actually were um, two buildings. There, there's a memorial there now, but there actually were two fully functioning high-rise office buildings, and this was back in the mid-'90s, okay? Um, that Unfortunately, those buildings are no longer here, right? 
but $1.2 million to remove garbage from it per year uh, when the mafia took over. Previous to that, do you want to guess what it was, Jason? $150,000 per year to remove the trash. So if uh, you don't think that the extortion and that is real, um, then there you go. There, there is your facts, okay? Uh, next up, we have the Bonanno crime family. Hey, guess what? We got another one. Uh, let's see. We had uh, some of the Philadelphia people were messed up in that one. Uh, was it, I think it was Joey Messino was in that one. Um, but anyway, um, or was it Joey Menino? I forget the guy's name. One, one of the, I remember. I actually remember this because um, when I lived in South Jersey, I remember the, the big mafia boss in, in South Philly getting arrested on RICO charges. But anyway, uh, Bonanno crime family. Uh, guess what? You want to guess if I have another another mafia one coming up? I do. It's the Chicago outfit. Okay. Chicago outfit brought up on RICO charges. That was actually a lot later. Okay. So a lot of this stems from the mid nineties. Okay. A lot of the mafia was really obliterated in the nineties. Uh, 2005, the department of justice uh, went after the Chicago outfit. Uh, the Chicago outfit, for those of you who don't know, was uh, really the Chicago mob. Okay, uh, the mafia there that is in, in Chicago. Uh, another another kind of interesting one in two thousand, L.A. Police Department. Okay, uh, there was the Rampart scandal back then, and the uh, a judge allowed the plaintiffs to pursue RICO claims against the LAPD, which was at the time an unprecedented finding. Uh, later on, it was found that they did not have standing by an appellate judge, but that happens, okay? It, it absolutely does. Those are some of the famous ones. We have Key West Police Department. Here's a good one, right? Key West, those of you who don't know where Key West is, Key West is south of Miami. Um, a lot of drugs come in through Miami. Actually, Miami used to be the hub, and back when, when this was, which was the 80s, that was a, that was a huge thing, was cocaine in that. Atlanta is now the hub, just in case you were wondering. It's really easy to distribute uh, across the country from Atlanta, which is why a lot of the drug distribution actually happens out of Atlanta. Um, as I've mentioned before, I spent six years in law enforcement. It's not because I am a drug dealer that I know these stupid little drug facts, okay? But that's where we are. 1984, Key West Police Department. Um, they had a protection racket. Here we go. Key West Police Department had a protection racket going on for illegal cocaine smugglers. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. It is really the uh, the stuff that uh, movies are made of, that's for sure. The, the Hells Angels case that I mentioned a few times was a 1979 case, and it was from the Oakland chapter of the Hells Angels. As I mentioned, they were acquitted, okay? They were acquitted with a hung jury on the predicate acts, okay? So here's... Here's the key, right? This is what we what I had mentioned is you have all these crimes that you have had to commit, right? So they weren't saying when, when a jury when the jury acquitted the Hells Angels in the first RICO case. Actually, it was the second RICO case because the Cowboy Mafia was the first, okay? So um, which was which predated it by a year. But anyway, Hells Angels, 1979, right? They go through, and the jury's not saying that, hey. Hells Angels aren't a corrupt organization. They're not even saying that they're not an enterprise. What they did say was that the whether it was gambling, murder, kidnapping, extortion, arson, robbery, that they couldn't find the people guilty 
of those crimes. You have to do both. You can't just have one. Right? You have to put both of those pieces together. Okay? And the cowboy mafia, well, it wasn't like the Italian mafia, but it was a group from Texas, Tennessee, and Florida that imported over 106 tons of marijuana using shrimp boats. Hey, there you go. Um, so they had a big conspiracy going, and um, they were caught and run under the RICO statute and forfeited a bunch of assets. Here's your takeaways, okay? Here's what RICO is. RICO is exactly what it says it is, racketeering-inspired ex- racketeering corrupt organizations. It is. It doesn't have to be a company, okay? It just has to be a group of people who are working together, right? And in some way, shape, or form are making money together. That's really how that comes out and are have committed at least two of what these predicate crimes are and those predicate crimes are related to each other and therefore related to the business. That's it. That's what it is. Okay. So hope you, uh, hope you enjoyed learning a little bit more about Rico. If you want to know a whole lot more about what the current state of the hip hop game and Rico is with some of the current charges that are out there. Okay. Go check out the DJ Eakin podcast. Check out all of our friends on Radio Influence. I know you hear me talk to Jason during the show, um, mostly because I get lonely here all by myself, okay? But Jason has a great show. Check that out, the MMA Report, all right? And they got a bunch of shows on Radio Influence. Check those all out. Check out our social media, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, 855-LAWFATHER, however you need to get me, I am available, okay? Lawfather, out. Lawfather, out.